You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody. What the hell did I just do? Stumble Hello, everybody, and welcome road. to Trophy Wars. This is episode 542. I'm your host, Chicken Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. It's that time of the year. We just have started putting out Halloween decorations. Oh, I'm so glad it's fall. He brings the awesome. It's I yield to no one. Yeah. Sports Center update. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being thrown off right now because things are getting glitchy on my end. Uh, and it is a personal friend of mine. I love this lady to death. She, uh, I know she will always have my back no matter what the hell's going on. It's Miss Rowe. How are you? I'm here? doing well, thank you. And thanks for the invite. I always love crashing. All right. Uh, I don't know if it's on my end or your end, but your, uh, your video camera is a little, uh, pixelated and staggering. I don't know if that's a, an issue going forward. Let's check. I'm looking fine in the Skype, but you know. It might just be, it might just be my end. Easy. Let me mute my, let me kill my phone cause it's going to keep going off. I see Nitro in the chat. Nitro, how are you doing, sir? Uh, all right, so let's get started with the normal show. Uh, well, first, how's everybody doing? Alex, how are you doing, sir? I mean, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I'm I'm well. Looking forward to uh, to fall. Like I said, I'm here with a good group of people getting ready to do some podcasting. I do have a little frustration this week because I'm trying to go back and get some PlayStation Three trophies, which I'm not having much success with. But you know what? I'm not going to let that phase me because I'm having a good time. All right, Roy, everything's looking better. Uh, Yield, how are you, sir? Well, I'm, I'm not doing bad. My Bengals won today, so we're no longer over. Um, Ohio State stayed undefeated, and I am within eight points in my fantasy football league, and I still got my defense to play tomorrow, so it's looking like I could win this week and stay undefeated in fantasy football. And how's the uh, Rayman uh quest going well i'm marching slowly but surely um i'm at what almost 5700 so by probably by the end of october i should have the platinum and also before we go any further we should probably say let's do this before shout outs don't we have somebody with a birthday coming up on this podcast uh i don't know sam we have a birthday i don't know not it isn't me or alex Bro, is it your birthday coming up? No, not till February. Mm, I don't. I don't know anybody that has a birthday coming Tricky, up. Tricky, you're not going to take credit for this one. Take credit for what? What am I taking credit for? You have a birthday coming up. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. You just you don't want to tell people you're 42. How do you know how old I am? First of all, <laughs> because you told me the other day on the phone when you said you didn't want to edit on your birthday. I yes. Mm. Old man. Yes. 
Are you, As of, Tricky, are you going to just completely ignore the fact that you've you've run around the sun one more time? I, you know, let me explain something to you. And uh, we all know how I birthdays work, Tricky. We've all blown out candles I, on a cake. I, we got this. I think there's only one person on this show who can uh, attest to what I'm about to say because Ro, you know, was barely in her 20s at this point. So, <laughs> bless you. Um, <laughs> uh, once you reach over 40, you stop counting your birthdays. Yep. It took it took Big you facts. that long. <laughs> Yield, when did, when did you stop counting? I gave up probably early 30s. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like at 40, 40s when you stop counting because you're like, okay, I have all the wisdom that I need. I actually give like this many Fs about anything else anymore, and now we're good. I, I stopped counting birthdays when I noticed my first gray hair. I go, I go with my wife's uncle's mentality that, uh, what was it? Once he hit 30, I think it was, or 35, probably 30. Then he counted backwards to 20 and then turned around and counts back up to 30 and then just bounces back and forth. I, 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 I've been telling my daughter, I said, I'm 18 with 24 years experience. Anyway, you slice that. That's all just way too much math for me to do. Yeah. I, I just did that math quick in my head. I don't know. And, <laughs> But I just did that because I want to scare Alice because Alice is scared of math. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm really scared of math. I just don't like to deal with it because, like, you know, I, I w- I'm good at writing. I'm not good at mathing. So, you know, I can do the basics. But once we start getting to the more complicated stuff, I just get lost in the woods. I'm like tricky, well, with, I'm like tricky with English. I get lost in the woods with math. Well, speaking of complicated, let's go into our complicated trophy list. I am level 684, total trophies of 16,818 with 373 platinums. Alex? How, how are our trophy lists complicated? I don't know. I guess I'll, I'll complicate it here with my platinum count. Uh, level That's four. That's exactly why. It's not that much tricky. It's not that hard. If I can handle it, you can handle it. Level 463 with a total trophy count of 8,128 with a platinum count of 129 in 128 games and... You know, we got that Keena Bridge of Spirits anniversary update coming out, so hopefully I'll be added to a platinum to that here real soon. Yield, what are you about you, sir? Currently a level four seventy nine with a trophy count of eight seven eight zero and a platinum count of one fifty six. And Sid is destroying us all because he is level seven hundred and forty one with seventeen thousand nine hundred and twenty trophies and five hundred and twenty nine platinums. He he just will not stop and. I love him for it. He, uh, would you say he can't stop and won't stop? Can't stop, won't stop. And, Ro, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't put your trophy card on Twitch because apparently your trophies are private. Yes. I don't know <laughs> why people do that. It aggravates me from a producer standpoint of trying to put this on Twitch. Well. But what is your, what is your trophy card? If man? someone had told me beforehand that they needed it to not be private. I would have happily done so because there's nothing in the world that I wouldn't do for you, Tricky. Um, I know that. But uh, other than like get on my PlayStation more. So uh, <laughs> so I'm a level 152. Go ahead. Bring it. Bring it. It's fine. Uh, with 522 trophies, no platinums. Goose egg. Don't, don't feel bad because you are definitely not the lowest we've ever had on the show. <laughs> we've actually had a negative one trophy on the show. Ouch. How do you negative yeah. a trophy? Well, the the story of legend goes is that we had a developer friend of ours mm. who I'm gonna re- I'm gonna remain uh, nameless mm-hmm. because you know I don't 
I want him to be able to be here to defend himself. Mm-hmm. Not that you know he would disagree with what I'm about to say. We protect the names of the innocent. And uh, he he was uh, working on a game, waiting for something to finish loading, and decided to switch his PS3 dev kit over to a retail kit. Played Uncharted, popped a trophy, and was so ashamed that he popped the PlayStation trophy, he formatted the system before sending it to the internet. So we give him a negative one. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So let's get into what we're playing. Uh, Ro, I'm going to go to you first as I take my headset off and run to get my cigarettes because I forgot to do that. (laughs) Sure. Ro, what have you been playing? So I have been playing uh, Deathloop. Uh, just started that. Actually streamed it earlier today on my channel. Uh, I've also been uh, replaying God of War because I love that game and I'm getting myself ready for Ragnarok. Uh, I'm also playing um, Stanley Parable, which is a lot of fun, and uh, playing Saints Row, the new redo. So, okay. We, we were all kind of planning to jump onto that and, and play some Saints Row, and as it turns out, once the press had gotten out about it and uh, and the scores came out, we all kind of paused on that. Mm-hmm. What's your honest opinion of the game? Like, how, how do you feel? Because it's been very mixed or very average. It, it really has, right? And I think that it comes down to a couple of things, right? Like, if you've played Saints Row games before, and I'll say if you played at least three and four, the reboot is three. Which, frankly, for me, was my favorite Saints Row. It's, like, it's actually the only one I've ever played, but I think I got lucky because it seems like the, the prevailing opinion is that's the best one. It is. I, I think that it is. I, it's the most Saints Row of the games, right? With over-the-top stuff, really balanced gameplay, and, like, a lot for what a Saints Row <coughs> game is, right? Like, it's a solid 10 hours to go through it, and that's if you're critical pathing it. And I think that if you like what the Saints Row games were about before they went to four in Crazy Town, right? Which was over-the-top fun, big old sandbox, just a whole bunch of shooting, not precise, but a whole bunch of shooting and comedy, right? It's enjoyable. I think that part of the reason why it's so mixed is because in the time between four and Got Out of Hell and now, Players are used to what Saints Row 3 did as unique in the time that it came out and 4 as unique at the time that it came out and went, oh, this just feels like Grand Theft Auto Online, but less. And I think that's where the mixture comes in because there's nothing groundbreaking about the game. But I don't necessarily think when games come out that they always have to innovate, right? Like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Give the franchise fans what they want. And I think that for a lot of people that enjoyed 3, that's where you see a lot of people saying, yeah, it's fun. It's a Saints Row game. It's just way over the top, silly, blow just shit up, fun. Don't try to make it anything deep or anything that it's not because it's not a revolutionary game system. It's not revolutionary gameplay. It's not anything that we haven't seen before that doesn't necessarily make it bad. So for me... I'm enjoying it. I, I'm glad that I bought it. I've been playing a bunch of it. I am thoroughly enjoying the game. So yeah, Anybody that takes the Saints Row game too seriously is not playing it for the right reasons. You're, you're just not. Like previous games, you ran around town. My favorite weapon was the dildo bat. Like if you're trying to, to look say. for innovation, I think you're looking in the wrong place. 
I, I was just about to say, we're talking about a, a game series that you had a six-foot dildo bat, and you were beating people up with it. Right. I have my like, dubstep at, gun from my collector's edition, like, up behind me. Like, dubstep right. gun kills aliens. Come on, people. Like, what are you looking for? So, follow-up question. So, based on what you said, Ro, do you think that some of these reviews, I'm not going to say all of them, but at least some of them are people had expectations for this game, and when those expectations were, that were not met, scores went down? I think that's absolutely a big piece of it, right? Especially when you look at, you know, the folks that are reviewing games, the, the folks that feed into Metacritic, you know, on the regular, there are expectations that you have, right? There, it's, it's hard for me to sit here and say, okay, when I think of a Volition game, there's a few things that I expect to be checked off, right? When I think of, you know, a Naughty Dog game, there are certain things that I expect to be checked off, regardless of what the title is. And so I think especially when you have so much time between a previous release and a new one, that the expectations that people have, part of it being driven by nostalgia, part of it being driven by, okay, we know what hardware is capable of right now. It's very difficult to bridge that gap of time with something that's going to solve for all the expectations that are built up in that window of time. All right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty thorough and pretty, uh, makes sense to me. I put my thinking cap on for that one. Yeah, I mean, you did like, we didn't even prepare you. You just had it on the spot. It was like, like a little mini review there. It's kind of like all you really need to know. I mean, Alex and Yield, I know you're not in the Twitch chat, but Rose like just being adorable on camera, <laughs> which is what I, what I can only ask for her. Well, I, well, Alex, what do you well, hold on. Well, I still have the window up, the, um, the window up that has people's cameras on, so. I still see that. Oh, okay. Well, normally you don't have the Twitch up, so. Well, yeah, but no, but I have the Skype. Like, once you, if you, even if you minimize Skype, there's still, like, a little mini window up there in the top right of your uh, computer. Oh, that's right. That's right, that's right. Because, uh, I, I'm, I can't use my camera on Skype, so I just, uh, apparently because, you know, Exploit and Skype, they don't want to share the camera. So. All right, so, Alex, what are you playing, sir? Well, as I said, uh, well, actually, I, um, Give a little shout out to Riley and to Nitro. We played some Rocket League this past Thursday, and uh, we were doing really well. Um, we beat we we like started like four and 5 and zero. So we were just like you know murking people, and then you know overall we we took a few losses, but at the end of the night, I think we we ended up with a a good a nice winning percentage there. Uh, uh, more wins and losses, which I'll always take in Rocket League, given how that game plays. So so yeah, a good night on Thursday with Nitro and Riley. Other than that. Mostly, ever since completing the Castlevania Anniversary Collection on uh, uh, PS, well, for PS4, but on PS5, mostly, you know, going back and downloading some old stuff on the PS3. M played a lot of Shatter this week, which I don't know if you all remember Shatter back on the PS3, a brick-breaking game. Um, I've gotten all the trophies in that game except for one. It's the boss rush mode. You got to beat all ten bosses in under ten minutes, and I got tw I got to twelve thirty-five, twelve minutes thirty-five seconds, and I just can't. Can't seem to get any lower than that, so I think I got to take a, an L on that, and just that's just gonna be a trophy that I don't ever get. But um, you know, going back and playing some of the Simpsons, Double Dragon, Neon, uh, what what else? Just you know, just trying to clean up some stuff. But but you know, mostly what I found is a lot of those trophies I need some help with. I need at least a second player. So, wah, wah. but you know, I, I'm at least um, you know down after I had to format the PS3 because um, Ashley accidentally earned a few Dragon Age trophies while my profile was up. Didn't sync to the uh 
to the internet. So I, I was able to, to knock those off and reformat the system. So I've just been re-downloading games that maybe I can go back and play and get some trophies. All right. Yield? Oh, let's see here. Uh, I've been playing some Rayman Legends. been playing some World of Warship Legends. Uh, Lego City Undercover. Maneater. Zombie Army 4 Dead War. Deep Rock Galactic. I think that's it. A little bit of everything. And I have been playing, obviously, Division 2. And I had to stop playing Valhalla. Because I reached a certain point. And it seemed like the only available missions were the DLC missions, which I'm clearly not ready for. And that was it. I mean, we had the uh, the normal missions of, you know, go get the the, the hunters. There's another word for them. I can't remember off the top of my head. Go get the hunters, you know, build up your community. But there was no, like, hey, this is the story mission. Go do this. So... I don't know if I missed something. I need to unlock something. But I've done all the raids. I've killed all the hunters I can kill. I, I just don't know what to do anymore. So I had to stop playing it. Can't tell you anything else because that's all I've been doing. All right. So let's get into our topic. Trick, tricky is uh, also ready and waiting for God of War Ragnarok. Because I feel like everything that you're going to be doing up till then is just kind of piddling around with games you've already played. Until you can get your hands on that sweet, sweet axe, are they? Have they? Can are you going to start with the axe, or are you going to uh, spoiler get the the blades of chaos again from the start? Do we know? Uh, I don't know. Because I mean, well, that's the thing is like in in. Um, sorry if I'm ruining this for anybody, but in in God in the God of War, the first game of the Norse line, you could get the blades of chaos. I wonder, like, because that was a nice surprise, but I wonder if they're going to do that again because the surprise is already. It's like, well, surprise is uh, it's already up. You you can't you know. Surprise people like that twice. Yeah, I, I I would assume that you're gonna have everything back. I mean, what I did like with um with the 2018 version is that they didn't do what they did in the other games and immediately like strip you of all your powers and you have to go back and do it again. Because in all three games, you had the you know the first game obviously it was your uh, story arc to become the God of War. Then at the start of the second game, they take away all your powers and you have to earn them all back again. Third game, same thing. Even on the PS, uh, the Vita games, you have to do. This. But this one is like, no, you're a badass from the start, and we're gonna keep you that way. So I don't see them doing that, but who the hell knows? You know, I would like to say another weapon from the God of War Greece timeline that I would really like to see. I don't know if you all remember from God of War Three, the Nemean Cestus. I realize that's very Greek thing. And you get it from Hercules, but it'd be really nice to be uh, to take those kind of gauntlets around and just beat the crap out of things in, in Norse mythology with those. So if they're going to do another surprise weapon, I really would like it to be that one. Uh, Nitro says, I must be doing something wrong in Valhalla. Clearly I'm doing something wrong. I just don't know what the hell it is. Yeah, Nitro's your, uh, your, uh, your spirit guide there for that because he spent more than 300 hours playing that game. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I happen to look... On to uh, the division because it tells you how long you've been playing that game. Anybody want to guess at how much of my life I spent playing the division two? We're talking hours, right? Not days. No, we could talk days. Well, well can we start with hours and then we'll convert to days? Because you know, again, uh, math. Uh, math. Yeah. yeah, yeah math. That, see, there you go. Real already knows. 
Well, I, I don't... Okay, I, I'm going to bring it up if I can quietly. Uh, but I don't think it tells me hours. I think it just tells me how many days I've been playing it. Well, to be fair, we can figure that out. Um, we can do the... Okay, um, so I've got to pick days. Hold on. Let me let me convert how many hours I think you spent playing to days. Uh, okay. I we need some traveling music. We, yeah, we need some Jeopardy music going on here. Um, okay, so I, I have a guess as to... Okay. I think that you've played north of 800 hours, so I'm going to say 33 days. 33 days. Yield, you want to venture a guess? I was going to say 60. 60 days. Row? Dude, you're in that game a lot. Um, I'm <laughs> I am in it a lot. <laughs> I'm going to cut in the middle, and I'm going to say 54 days. Okay. I'm just I'm bringing it up as we speak. I'm sure you can hear it over the microphone um, as it's logging in. But last I looked, it was 122 days. I thought you yield way overshot with his thing, but he, even he was, like, off by, like, a fourth. I mean, I was the closest. All right. Price is right rules. You take it. Woo! <laughs> A hundred and twenty-two days. Tricky, do you play, like, in the kitchen when you're cooking and also, like, have a setup in the bathroom when you gotta go to the bathroom? Because I don't, I've never played a single game that much. A hundred and twenty-two days, four hours and eighteen minutes. So a third of a year. Basically. Okay. Ubisoft needs to be paying you for, for something. I don't know what. Yeah, but you should need... be an influencer for them for that game. Just saying. Well, ironically, I've applied... And I never hear anything back. Because they already know that you're a mark for it, and you'll play regardless. I've applied for the betas. I've applied for everything. No. Yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't think I've played another game that much. I mean, Animal Crossing is, is probably getting going to get up there by the time I stop playing that game. Uh, but, but, yeah, that's... Yeah. Congratulations, Tricky. It's quite a milestone. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think it's clear to say I like the game. Mm-hmm. So I hope so because if you're doing that, you're just a, a masochist. Nah, I just think uh, you're a casual person. <laughs> and, and and Yield has spent zero days in Division. It's not true. I've played Division one. Yeah, but you have zero days total. Oh, I had. Meaning you have less than twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. Well, no, well, no. Hold on. Uh, he he may have like point two five days. You know, that's a fraction of a day. Shouldn't we count that? Uh, we, we should. All right, so uh, let's see. Oh, Rose in the chat. Nitro's in the chat. And uh, Felicia's in the chat. Uh, Nitro says, if I go to the table in my base building, go there and select the area you want to work in, I will do that. And I do know the table you're talking about. Uh, but what we should be talking about... Uh, Alex, you brought up birthdays before. Well, we have a birthday for a very lovable uh, PlayStation icon, and uh, I'm wearing I'm wearing that shirt today. Ashley made me a shirt for the uh, the lovable Bandit Raccoon, the uh, holder of the Thievius Raccoonus, and uh, I felt like celebrating. Uh, Sly Cooper is turning twenty. Uh, this is coming from the PlayStation blog and is written by Andrew Goldfarb, formerly of IGN. I didn't know he was over at PlayStation now. 
Uh, it says, today we are so happy and a little bit shocked to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonus. Where does the time go? Originally shipped on September 23rd, 20, uh, 2002 for the PS2. Uh, this was Sly's original venture known as Sly Raccoon in some parts of the world and our studio's first ever PlayStation game. Uh, I'm trying to look to see if there's anything else in here. A lot of people have left some comments. I bet all the comments are like, where's the new game? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, there's people going, hey, uh, congratulations. Uh, there's nothing really in here. I mean, there's Sly Cooper shirts you could buy on the uh, PlayStation Store. A plushie. There's a plushie. And there's a plushie, yes. Is, is, plushie. is it just Sly? Because if it's a Murray plushie, I well, if it's the whole gang, I would probably get all three, but... It's just Sly. They need they need all three, Bentley and Murray. I think there's also a poster. Uh yes, there is a poster. So, I'm I'm going through this right now, so. Oh no. Uh, the shirt's pretty cool. I tagged Alex in it when I saw it. He did, yes, I can confirm that I got a well not a message, but I got a little poke from Yield and saying, Hey, you should probably look at this. And and some <laughs> some really cool artwork. Like uh, I think the uh, the poster what is it's the inside of like uh, a police building where Carmelita is, is chasing Sly slowly up the um uh, to the roof, and it's got room by room all the action in it, so it's uh, it's pretty nice. Fun fact: uh, she actually had four different voice actors for all four games. Carmelita Fox. Yep. 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 The same voice actor was for every other character, but hers changed every game. Yeah. I will. I will say that right. you know when you think of like Nintendo games, like they, someone tells you like Mario's this old, or Pokemon's this old, or Zelda's this old, you're like, yeah, that seems right. But to think that Sly Cooper is twenty years old is just madness and i gotta be honest i wish that with this with some kind of milestone like this they would have planned a little better because this is worth celebrating and i don't think i already feel like nintendo nintendo took full advantage of the mario anniversary a few years ago they didn't take near enough advantage of the zelda one last year but at least they kind of do a better job than than sony because i feel like sony is willing as we know to remaster and remake games but i feel like this is one of those one of those um of anniversaries they just kind of let drop you know it's cool there's a shirt it's cool there's a poster but you could do more for sly cooper people really like sly cooper so you couldn't line this up with a game you know i mean come on sony uh, all right well the poster uh is 25 dollars us and estimated ship date of december 2nd there's a shirt uh that features bentley murray carmelita fox and sly himself uh, it is a 100% combed ring spun cotton shirt. I don't know what the hell any of that means. And it features a 20th anniversary logo on the right sleeve. And it will be available for $34 with the ship date of December 2nd. And the plushie uh, doesn't say. Uh, it's shipping worldwide next year. Okay. Yeah, big miss. Big miss for a really big franchise. But I've, I've felt for, like, a long time that, like, Sly is, as a franchise just hasn't gotten, like, the respect or love that it really should, you know? like It, it really is a good game. It's a really good game. And to be honest with you, like, the moment that a new Sly game popped off, I would be firing that up in a heartbeat because I had so much fun with these through time. Um, so I, I think that it's a big miss. Like, when you have games that have longevity and a fan base that's still with it looking forward to it enjoying it creating more in the mythos after five years 10 years 20 years 
that's something that's respectable and you should do something to earmark it and treat it as, as special as it is. So I agree. It's a really big miss, but it wasn't given the respect that it should. Because I think what Thieves in Time was 2013 or was it 2012? It was I a while like ago. it was 2012. It was a while ago. So it's not like, you know, we're... I mean, with, with those franchises, I mean, even with Ratchet and Clank, Sony's done a really good job of spacing everything out. Because since 2016, we've only gotten two games. So, but Sly, like, I realize it's a second-tier franchise for them. It's not going to be one of those every every console franchises. And I'm fine with that. Every other would be nice, though, because Sony's got enough developers to hand it off to somebody. Or if you want to pay a third party, like some other a third party, and be like, hey, can you guys make a Sly Cooper game for us? Sanzaru Games, relatively unknown, at least to me, when they made that game, did a really good job with Sly Cooper Thieves in Time. Like Rose said, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I actually think it's probably my favorite one, aside from maybe two, because I love Sly 2 Band of Thieves. I like all of them, but I thought Sanzaru, not being the original developers, like they did a really good job. So I'm sure that Sony could find somebody to hand the franchise off to and who would treat it with love and care. So, hell, even like go to Blue Point. I mean, I know Blue Point's working on something new, but. We couldn't have gone to Blue Point at some point and be like, hey, Blue Point, we love you guys. You treated Shadow of the Colossus oh so well on PS4. Can you give us another Sly Cooper? Can you do that for us? And they would make a great Sly Cooper. Or even Ready at Dawn. Like, come on, Ready at Dawn after Order 1886, you couldn't have made a new Sly Cooper? I don't know. They, they well, couldn't have made anything? Well, it seems Sony is making something. Coming from InsiderGaming.com, Sony is set to launch a new PlayStation 5 with a detachable disk drive, sources suggest. The PlayStation 5 is set to get a unique overhaul in the middle of fiscal year 2023, with the new console launching around September 23, sources say. Sources familiar with Sony's plans have shared details under the condition of anonymity. Why did I just fuck up that word? Anonymity. Outlined in the next iteration of the PlayStation 5, it has been suggested that this new console will completely replace the A, B, and C chassis that have been in production with the console's launch. The console, currently named the D chassis PlayStation 5, will have almost identical hardware to the existing consoles already on the market. The most surprising new feature will be the of the new PS5 is that the console will have a detachable disk drive. The detachable disk drive will be connected to the PlayStation 5 using an extra USB-C port on the back of the console. It's understood that this new PlayStation 5 will be sold on its own or in a bundle with the detachable disk drive. It's also understood that the disk drive can be purchased separately, so if it gets busted, there's no need to buy an entirely new console. Now, I'm not going to keep going. Uh... Yield, I already know how you're going to uh, respond, but I'm going to give you the floor first. What are your thoughts on this? Because you are the uh, physical console of the the group. Well, I mean, hey, we totally didn't address the fact that we didn't have enough consoles at launch. So now we're going to make a newer console because the old one was too expensive for us to make, and we're going to jack up the price so we can make even more money, it doesn't entirely bode well for Sony. Uh, The idea of a detachable hard drive is kind of uh, a nifty idea for those who may want to, you know, maybe you want to do physical, but yet you... You know, you also dabble in digital or, I don't know. It just, 
it seems like a nifty idea. I don't entirely know how to fully put it to words other than it's a nifty idea. But you... uh, I don't know. I just feel I know you still got to push the company forward, but on the heels of the fact that you severely undersold the fact that your console was going to sell so good and people, I still have yet to see a five in the wild that you're now coming out and going, Hey, we're going to make a new one. It just, I don't know. It doesn't sit well with me. You have completely surprised me because that's not the way I thought you were going to react. I thought you were going to say this is stupid right off the start. Uh, not not entirely. I'm not overly thrilled with it, but I'll give them props for the detachable hard drive. Other than, like I said, I think it's a nifty idea, and I don't All know right. why. Otherwise, yeah, it, it normally this is something I would say this is totally stupid. But I... yeah, you you completely surprised me, Ro. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I guess I I would want some clarification, right? Because when you talk about dis- detachable disk drive, is that physical media or a detachable hard drive? Because those are two different things. Uh, it just says detachable hard drive. That's all it says. I say detachable hard drive, not disk drive. So the the way I would look, the way I see it, and I could be 100% wrong with this, no, the way I, I see it, it wrong. is think of like you buy a PC no, that doesn't it says have a CD drive. disk drive, Tricky. I know it does. Oh, you said the, hard drive. Yeah, so those, that's different. That's two different oh, things. Oh, did I say hard drive? Yes. I apologize. If I said hard drive, I apologize. Uh, that. That's you, just a, you a said, you said hard drive in answering Rose's question. Oh, did I say disk drive in the article? Well, yeah, because that's what the article says. Okay, okay. <laughs> the way the way I look at this is nowadays when you buy a PC or a laptop, they don't come with CD drives in them, and that you buy an external Blu-ray player or a CD drive. That's the way I'm thinking of this: is that they're going to sell basically the digital only PS5. And if you want, you can buy this external hard mm-hmm. or disk drive to play, which I, I'm just going to say this now, also means that anybody that bought the digital-only console that's currently on the market, it sounds to me like this portable disk drive is going to be able to work with that PlayStation 5 as well. So Alex, if he decided to you know, go physical for the rest of his con- – generation it doesn't sound like to me like he has to buy a new console he could just buy this disk drive and well, move forward with that he would have to have the new console because it unless unless the old unless the consoles we have have a USB-C port in the back then you would need well, the new console so you could plug it in well they have a USB in the front but is it a C yes yeah there's, there's two there's a C in the front it so there's a lot of things that I would say that, like, I would want clarity on here, right? So thank you for, for that, right? Because, like, I agree. I think that if the detachable drive worked with the current-gen PS5 digital-only box and this new box that they're making, and they're selling it separate or as a bundle, I think that that's a really good idea because, you know, for, for some folks, getting into digital is still prohibitive, right? Not everyone has high bandwidth broadband internet accessible so not everyone has unlimited data on the high broadband that they have so they get capped right so we're still in a space where being able to pick up physical discs and play games is very important to a big chunk of the player base i think what's really important here is to understand like does this disc drive only work 
with a USB-C port on the back because of data rates that they're sending. Like if it's different hardware, and let's say it's the higher spec USB-C that's on the back and it's not the same as the port that's on the front, that's a problem because then what you are saying is, hey, if you wanted to be able to go digital and or disc, well, you got to buy a whole new box for that. So that's what I would really want to understand. And in looking at the article, that wasn't clear to me. Um, I think that giving people more options is great. Where I get concerned is when you start making your SKU plans really difficult for people to understand what they get, what they don't, and versus what they want, then you're asking for problems. Then I get even more concerned when you haven't been able to meet manufacturer demand for what already exists in the market to spin up a whole new production line for a new SKU gives me heart palpitations. All right. Uh, Alex, your thoughts? See, I think this is Sony trying to do two things. I think one, it's them trying to, instead of having two consoles, it's them trying to simplify. So you have the one console, the digital, all digital console, and then you have the ability to plug in a drive if you want to play your disc-based games. So I think they're actually trying to simplify it and try to, instead of trying to have two different models. The other thing I think they're trying to do is slowly get people used to not having a physical console, like a console that you can just put a disc in, like the, the physical model of the PS5, in your home. They want to say, okay, let's get you an all-digital one, but we're going to have this attachment that's going to let you play physical games. It's getting people just creeping a little bit further towards being more digital instead of being used to like having a box to plug in and being able to put a disc into that box. I think it's them creeping forward towards the all-digital future. That's, that's my take on yeah. it. Yeah, I... 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 I worry with this because if this is true, and again, this is all speculation and rumor at this point. Let's just be clear about that. My concern with this is we all know a PlayStation 5 Pro is coming. Just when it's coming out, I think it was last show or the show before that, we speculated when we thought, I thought it was going to come out not until 2025. Um, But it's... If you do, if you're doing this, this is four SKUs in the in the in the life of the PlayStation Five. You have the two that are out now. You're gonna have the new one that's coming out. You know, if the rumor's true, and then whenever the Pro comes out, are you now gonna do two SKUs of the Pro? Or you you know you're gonna do one SKU of chassis D, whatever how they're calling it. Well. Tricky. If they're if they're gonna have an attachment that can allow you to play physical games, I assume the physical version of the PS Five that plays physical disc is gonna go away. Well, uh, if you if I read the if I I read a, more a, of the B article, A, B, and C chassis are going away. Period. If if I understood it right. Yeah, that's that's what the article said. Is that they're uh, they're speculating that Sony's you know expecting sales to really push in the next fiscal year. And that if this is true, chassis A, B, and C are going away. Which I don't understand what A, B, and C are because there's not three models of the PlayStation Five on the market right now. Oh, actually, there is because they redesigned it uh, with the article that I didn't talk about. Um, apparently, there was an article somewhere saying that quietly Sony changed the way the the, the PlayStation Five on the market now, and to cut cost and. 
you know, it was a little bit of outrage because they're saying they're cutting costs, but yet they're still raising the price of the PS5. Well, we, we, did, so, said, we did mention why I said what I said. We did mention it on the show. It's just you'd said that it was not substantiated and it was based on what a YouTuber and we didn't want to present it as fact right. if, it, if it wasn't, you know, confirmed. Yeah, I, I, I still don't have any information to, to confirm whether or not it's actually a good source. It's it's from a, a leaker, and I know we do stories on leakers and stuff like that. And we're actually going to talk about uh, Grand Theft Auto 6's leak uh, in the next uh, topic. But I, I don't know. Like, I I think this could be good. I, I think it's good to give options because I, I know there are people out there that, uh, like the PlayStation Direct, you can go on right now. or They may be sold out now. Uh, you can go on right now and buy the Horizon bundle for the both the disc version and the discus version. Uh, and I know there's people that are waiting because everybody seems to be buying up the disc version and they're waiting and saving their money. They don't want to buy the digital version. They want the disc version. So they're not buying what's available on the market right now that they can get directly from PlayStation. So I think this is a good option because now... If it's true that this portable disk drive can be used on current diskless versions of the PlayStation Five, I'm so afraid I'm going to say dick. Well, um, you just did. I know. Throw, throw fear out the window. I, I, it just happened live on on, I, on Twitch. I, I, I had I I had to say because I, I like I'm, I'm sitting here in fear. I'm going to say it anyway. I think it helps now that if this is true and the the portable disk drive is go- now I'm stuttering. It's going to work with current models. I think this now allows people to go out and buy it, knowing that in the future, for you know what I can only assume is going to be a hundred dollars, you could buy this portable disc drive. So it, it, it's good. I don't. We don't know if it's true. It's all rumor. It's all speculation at this point. But I think this is a good move by Sony. I just don't know if it's the right timing for Sony to do this, being that the fact that they just raised their prices. Uh, and Nitro in the chat says, this is just a cash grab like The Last of Us. Nitro. Nitro is always one to... We're not getting back in that conversation, Nitro. You're not going to push us in that direction. But No, he's just trying to troll. I, I think... Well, he does it very well. But, Nitro's but excellent he's a very observant troll. I, I don't know how everyone else feels about this. Don't defend him. Like, I feel like in life it's good to have options, but when it comes to video game consoles, <coughs> like, I kind of wish just each console maker would just have one model. Like, the X, the S, you know, the discless PlayStation 5, the disc-based one. I, I, like, just put out one. Like, because when it comes to video games, like, you can do PC, you can do Steam Deck, you can do Switch, you can go PlayStation, you can do Xbox. Like, there's a ton of options when it comes to video games. So, each console manufacturer having their, like, numerous different SKUs, I kind of want to get away from that and just simplify it from everybody. I don't know if everyone else feels that way, but this is one area where I want more simplicity is less skews. See, I, but I would what the counter argument to that the you know the devil's advocate that I will make to that is, I think by releasing the two different skews by both Microsoft and Sony, they can now look at which version sold more. Where's the industry going? Well, we, we, we know where the industry is going. Where the industry is very clear where the industry is well, going. Well, okay, let's say we we all feel like it's going to digital only. But if you look at the market and just let's just say the disc versions outsells the discless version 
three to one or four to one, Sony can now turn around and say, okay, we're not ready to go to all digital to future. This is how we plan to make the PlayStation 6 or future consoles. This is a way for them to gauge and say, okay, more digital versions are being sold. Okay, then we know that we can take that leap. But if more uh, disc-based ones are being sold, they can say, "Okay, we're not quite ready to go there because people aren't ready to give up their physical media." I mean, look, look, go like go look at stores like Best Buy, Target, Walt, like the, like their video game areas have shrunk. Physical like GameStop not doing super well. I guarantee we're at the point where digital media outsells physical media. And oh, and I- let's be real, I'm I'm gonna call everyone's bluff on this. No one's gonna stop playing video games because physical media dies out. No one. You're like, like you can say, like, look at Activision and, and all the trouble they've had legally, and be like, yeah, yeah, I'm not buying any Activision games. I can understand that. You can cut out a publisher, or developer, or whatever. No one's gonna stop playing video games who's been playing for their entire life because they can't buy physical media, or physical media is not as accessible. I would argue that they won't stop playing games, but they won't move to your newer consoles if they're not offering that, right? Like, there are so many regions and across the globe where people can't be all digital yet. And so if you jump to an all digital, there are whole markets that you leave behind that are very much disc-based. So I, I don't think that we're at a place that, like, we can be all digital everywhere for everything. And I think that if this disc drive thing is true, that it is going to be a dipstick test that Sony uses because if they move more of the digital-only boxes because they're upselling people to buy the external disc drive – that is their marker of, hey, we can move this lower skew and reach those folks who rely on disk base, right? Because, yes, GameStop is not doing well, but I think if you look at, like, big box retailers, Walmart's still selling games. They're still selling discs. They're still selling retailers out to E3 to find out what's coming to disk and what isn't to, to figure out what they're going to stock. The same is with Best Buy. Even though that is smaller, I think would argue that it's probably smaller based off of where you are and the stores where you are looking at versus I think probably like in a metro area probably don't need to have as large a physical disk space display but in a more rural area where people are relying on satellite dial-up and whatnot disk is probably ruling that space still so uh, it'll be interesting to see one if this is real and two, what it actually does for their sales, even with their skew moving up in price. See, and, and Chaos brings up a point in the chat. Uh, he says, bro, uh, you know, referring to Alex, he says, you're so wrong. A lot of people's internet is capped or super slow. So we have, there's countries out there where there's an internet cap. So, you know, I don't know what realistic caps are, but there was, I just saw a story saying that God of War Ragnarok digital version is going to be over 100 gigs. You know, just to download that one game, you know, I don't know, you know, realistically what the cap is, but let's just say the the the, the cap is 100 gigs, which to me sounds a little low, but, you know, you're downloading one game and then you can't be on the internet for another month. But let's so. be real. By the time the industry wants to move to streaming stuff or like all digital like movies and music have gone, the rest, like, there are areas of the world that still won't be caught up to that. There are parts of rural America who will not be caught up to that. So it's it's going to be a thing where, yeah, sure, like, there are still places in the world where physical media is going to be a thing, but 
not everywhere in the world is going to be caught up by the time this shift happens. Let's be real. Do we do we oh, expect do well, we I mean, expect that to happen? Everyone to get caught up? I, I mean, I, I, I can't confirm this, but didn't we talk like a year ago that the PlayStation 3 finally got to Brazil? Like, that's crazy. I don't remember uh, that. Say again? So I don't remember that. I, I could look it up, but I'm not going to. No, All that's right, fine. So I'm just saying something... I don't remember that conversation. Some things from the chat. Chaos says, just saying, I bought The Last of Us on the PS3. I refuse to get it on the PS4, much less the PS5. Bro, you are missing out. The PlayStation 5 version is so damn good. Uh, Felicia don't, says, don't <laughs> Felicia says, yeah, but I like watching 4K Blu-rays on my PS5. Having it as a movie player is a selling point for her. And uh, Nitro says, would Alex rather be compared as a cash grab uh, just like Shadow of the Colossus? Man, like like I said to, to uh, on a recent podcast, the PlayStation Four version of that game is the definitive version of that game. So, you know what? I'm glad they put it out. I don't I don't care if there was an original release before a remaster. If, if people want to call the game a cash grab, that's fine. But if you're Shadow of the Colossus fan, I don't care if you played it on the two and the three. You owe it to yourself to play it on the four as well. So, all right. Last thing before we move on to our next topic, Chaos now says if they move too early, then they will lose a lot of customers. Parents not about to pay data overages just because their kids want to play a game. That's true. I I think the bad mark on this whole thing, and I, I think that we can all agree on this, <coughs> was that you had the article come out that, well, and even we said it was kind of not officially confirmed, but still, that Sony's making the 5 a, a little bit cheaper. You know, they, they've been able to to find it, which is what they need to do as a business to make money. But shortly after that kind of leaks, not official, but leaks, then they turn around and announce a price hike. And now they're turning around and going, Hey, we're going to announce this new console. It just, like I said, it, it, it just feels kind of wrong. Kind of like they're doing the, the PlayStation two era of Sony where, oh, you'll just go get a second job to buy well, our console. That was PS3, yeah. Oh, that was PS3? Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. PS3 yeah, because everybody wanted, everybody wanted the PS2, and then when the PS3 came out, it was the, when they were trying to transfer over to Blu-ray, and there was all that, that whole HD war, uh, HD versus Blu-ray. You know, Microsoft originally was backing HD, and then you had Sony doing Blu-ray. Yeah, and unfortunately, and, and the porn industry with Blu-ray, that's what... Well, also happened. Disney went with Blu-ray, didn't they, too? Yeah, yes. but uh, like I, I'm saying it as a joke, but the reality is, and Ro can back me up on it's this. It's the truth. It, it's so goes back the porn w- industry. So goes the winning media. That that was what happened with the VHS Betamax. versus uh, Betamax. The porn industry went with VHS. That's who won. The porn industry went with Blu-ray. That's who won. Like I say it as a joke, but it's true. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent. No, true. you're not wrong. Uh, and then okay, last comment. Then we move on. Uh, Nitro says, like The Last of Us, he's never played Shadow of the Colossus. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to drag you through the mud for, for not playing Shadow of the Colossus there, Nitro, but I would say that I would recommend it to everybody. You may, every, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but at the same time, I think you owe it to yourself to play a game that is so very unique. And I think I, I think we've got that free for plus, didn't we? Uh, I don't Colossus think it's has. ever been. What I don't think it's ever been free for plus. Or was it Ico we got free? I don't think... They re- they re-released a combo of the two, but I don't think Ico was ever free for PlayStation. I could be wrong, but... 
Maybe I that's can, the I one can, I got. I can tell you for a fact I got it for free because I never bought Shadow of the Colossus and I have it. Sure. So we got it for free somewhere. Uh, Felicia says it's been on PlayStation Plus, And Chaos says uh, laughing his ass off. Microsoft always trying to do things their way and they lose every time. Uh, we're just going to move on because that can be a very dangerous conversation to have. Uh, next topic coming from PushSquare.com. EA has announced a Iron Man game in development at Motive Studio. Uh, this is a quick article, so please go give it a click because I'm going to read the whole thing real quick. Uh, developed in partnership with Marvel Games, Motive Studio, which previously made Star Wars Squadrons, is currently working on the Dead Space remake is in charge of the new game, which will be a single-player, third-person action-adventure starring the Armored Avenger. In a post on its official website, the publisher says the game will feature an original narrative, quote, that taps into the rich history of Iron Man, end quote. Though not confirmed at this point, it seems as though the game will be unrelated to the 2020's PSVR title, uh, Marvel's Iron Man VR. Marvel Games' Bill Roseman says he's thrilled by the partnership and that they aim to deliver a love letter to the legendary hero in the form of the Ultimate Iron Man video game. The unnamed game is in pre-production right now, and it'll be some, quite some time before we see this come to fruition. Uh, and then they ask, are you excited for this new Iron Man game? I'm going to start this off by saying I love Iron Man. I think he, I personally think he's my favorite Avenger, but I am so worried about this game. Anything being made by EA just scares the shit out of me. Well, so I would I would like to say while I share Tricky's uh, concern and also uh, enthusiasm for an Iron Man game, uh, we're about six years too late. Yeah, you think I mean, so? Well, be, because this this would have been a good opportunity to capitalize during Phase One of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Now we've moved on. We're on to a different phase of Marvel, but now we're making all the video games on that phase. And and if it's a good game, I'll, I'll play it because I like Iron Man, but I, it, it feels like we're chasing our tail on this. You get what I'm saying? I, yeah, but I mean, just, and just to ask this, I mean, do you think that uh, Insomniac... Releasing a Wolverine game, like you think that's out of timing? Uh, no, because Wolverine has always been popular, whereas Iron Man's popularity has skyrocketed because Robert Downey Jr. owned that role in the MCU. So I think that one, I think that if you don't have Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man, I think that the character automatically loses a lot of the luster. But again, like the X Men and Wolverine were always kind of at the forefront of Marvel. Whereas Iron Man, not so much. Like I feel like Iron Man's popularity, like Thor, skyrocketed with the MCU. All right, I, can, well. I can agree with that. And I'd probably say like a 60-40... Uh, uh, well, uh, oh, I can't remember how I was going to say it. Never mind. Go ahead, Ro. No, I was just going to say, I, I agree with Alex, right? Like I, I have been a Marvel comic girl for a very, very long time. And I love the Iron Man books and the Thor books, so I was really excited when the MCU Phase One movies were were being announced and coming out. And I I agree. I think from a perspective of hitting while the iron is hot, that's when you really want to come out with themed games, right? Like I loved Iron Man. Very few people love Iron Man. How do I know? Because the movies are not canon, and everybody still loves them. Because they love Robert Downey Jr. 
as Iron Man. That's their recollection and their connection that they're making. And he, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, super spoiler alert, he didn't make it. So to have a game coming out three years from now, four years from now, that is an Iron Man game where we're going to be in, what, phase five? Definitely feels like a missed opportunity. Like it's planned to play on nostalgia and it's not going to have Robert Downey Jr. involved because he said he's done with that character, right? So you, what are you grounding it in to try and have success with it is like my question. And then you throw on that it's coming out of EA and I'm just like, mm, just my face. Well, all right. Let me, let me try to bring some hype to this. Okay, try. Right. Go ahead. You, you go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, but I'm gonna be clear. I'm not exactly convinced of this myself. Well, no, because okay. it's, it's got anything with EA behind it. You always gotta take with a grain of salt. Um. Okay. There have been speculation and rumors that somebody else was gonna take over the Iron Man role, and they're not gonna make that game. Let me just be very ju- clear. Well, no, no. I'm saying just. just you know, just assuming this game doesn't come out until, let's say, 25. Mm-hmm. That is right around the time that we're going to get the, the two Avenger movies back-to-back. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the Kang Wars, and we're going to get Secret Wars uh-huh. back-to-back. <laughs> and if they is. introduce... if And if they introduce a new Iron Man at that time, this could line up together and bring new hype for the game. Pause right on that. Which Iron Man? Because if we're talking about Ironheart, with the reaction that people have had to Halle Bailey's Mermaid, that game really not going to have a chance. I'm just just putting it out there. And like I said, I'm not exactly convinced myself. But... Because then you'll have a mismatch. Because, like, even from the image that they showed, which, like, again, this is all the speculative stuff, right? But that is not Ironheart suit, so it's not an Ironheart Iron Man game. So then you have an even bigger disconnect because if the Iron Man I'm seeing happens to be a black female and your game is a white dude in the suit, you don't have a connection. Okay. Like from uh, like from a marketing perspective, I'm speaking just as a general marketer here, right? That's a really hard line to push. Yeah, but you have no background in marketing, so you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's, it, she makes a lot of sense to me. So well, he's what being I just a said joke. was a joke <laughs> oh. because she actually she does actually has like a very big background in marketing. It's oh, what okay. I do. Um, <laughs> in games. <laughs> um, so like it would be a really Maybe hard push. EA could hire you. I can tell you for a fact, Ro would never work for EA. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying that so she doesn't have to. Thank you. It's Ro not recorded. Never, I just had a good drink. Ro would never, ever, ever work for EA. I can tell you that for a fact. All right. Moving on to our next story here. Uh, where are we at? Splinter okay. Cell. So, yeah. So, this article is going to... Uh, Spark a little bit of a conversation, and let's just not get too off the rails on this, please. I already uh, hear the train rocking. Yeah, I do too. 
I was I was actually worried about putting this in the agenda, but this is actually one of the free topics that I had before I asked the community. Coming from IGN and written by Ryan Leston, the Splinter Cell remake will be rewritten to be more relevant to a, quote, modern-day audience, end Uh-oh. quote. Uh-oh. A job listening for... A job listed for a scriptwriter spotted by PSU has revealed some details about the upcoming Splinter Cell game, and it looks as though it's going to get a rewrite and update the original. <coughs> Excuse me. Quote, using the first Splinter Cell game as our foundation, we are rewriting and updating the story for a modern day audience. We want to keep the spirit and themes of the original game while exploring our characters and the world to make them more authentic and believable. End quote. I am going to stop there because I don't think we need the rest of this. Mm-hmm. I fear this is going to have major backlash because there are a lot of people wanting to say, hey, don't fuck with the story. This is why we love a Splinter Cell. There's going to be people that say, don't upgrade it for a modern day audience because there are too many snowflakes out there and we don't want snowflakes in our Splinter Cell games. Mm-hmm. And. I, I thank you. I plan to say that that way for two days now. Um, however you feel about society and what's going on in the world today, I, I there is no denying that you can that video games are art, and you can't tell an artist what they can and cannot put in their games, which is why we had the major backlash with The Last of Us Part Two. People felt like they, you know, Neil Druckmann was being political in his game. There's politics in almost every game. True. Regardless, and there's politics in your TV shows. There's politics in your movies. There's an agenda. I mean, no, you're not going to get away from it. But I want to go to Alex first because I've gone to other people first all show. But I, 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 I worry that they're going to update the story because. Because of how I feel about society, you don't fuck with the game. This is why people love Splinter Cell. And Alex, I'm going to go to you, and I'm going to ask you, what do you think about them updating the story? Um, I, well, I don't know there. exactly what they're doing to the story to update it, but I will say we live in modern times, people. Like, I had nothing wrong with what Neil Druckmann put in The Last of Us Part Two. I think that it was a learning experience for me. Um, because personally I had no idea what dead naming was and it was like I said it was a learning experience for me so I mean updated for modern times we live in modern times if you want to live in 1999 find a time machine and do that we live in 2022 get over it that's without knowing specifically what changes they have to make or what the, what they have to you know the, the use of the word snowflake and like I don't know I, I don't see the problem with updating something towards the current year we live in just because you don't like some political aspect of the world we live in, whether it's the advancement of some people or more rights for other people. Like, I don't, I, what is, what is the, the issue with this that other people have? Uh, I, from what little I've seen, and I haven't seen a whole bunch of this, and I haven't really, and to be honest, I haven't really looked into it too much, but they're worried about, and I, I hate to say it like this because it's going to make me sound so bad. But, you know, they're going to make uh, Sam Fisher's daughter a lesbian. What's, what's wrong? What, why? Because Who cares? Of, 
Oh, ho- hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. There's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there's going to be people that say this is not who the character is. And Roe kind of brought up the whole controversy with Little Mermaid. You know, there's some people that say this is our story. This is what we know. Don't fuck with this. And to some point, just personally, I hate it when some bands remake songs. Like, this is a classic song. Don't fuck with it. The same could be said is that if they make a change like making Sam Fisher's daughter a lesbian, there's going to be people going, you're fucking with the story. She wasn't a lesbian. Why does she have to be a lesbian now just because this is the social norm, so to speak? Well, then do we have a problem with making uh, a traditionally like what people had seen as a white character, you know, having someone who's black portray that character? Because, I mean, you're, 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 you're along those same lines. Is what we're talking about. You can't, so you can't change the source material because people want to get up in arms. Because I mean, at that point, like they can say that it's about we have an issue with you changing the character, but what they really have a problem with is the sexual orientation of that character. You know, it's kind of the argument: Civil War. Oh, it's states' rights. Well, no, it wasn't states' rights. Um, All right, chaos in the chat says, "LOL, they just made Superman's son gay. People were livid." And then he says, laughing his ass off, we're about to have a White Panther too." I don't have... If they want to make Sam, Disher, Sam Fisher's daughter gay, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I, I, and to be clear, I have not heard that. I'm just throwing that as an example. I, I want to be clear. So, so um, I mean, like, again, like I said, we live... We don't live 30 years ago, although some people would probably like that. We live in 2022... And things are going to get updated. Whether or not you agree with what Neil Druckmann put into The Last of Us Part Two, people in real life deal with that. So you kind of have to face that unless you want to bury your head in the sand and pretend like you're still going out, you know, in like listening to A Flock of Seagulls in a modern nightclub in the 1980s. Like you're going to have to deal with these issues whether you like it or not. Am I am I uh, am I off base here? Is this? No, you're you're not off base at all. Uh, Ro, uh, just wanted to let you know before I let you speak that uh, Chaos says he loved your face. He's laughing at it. Because Ro made a white face when I said White Panther. Ro, you're, you're, the floor is yours, dear. I mean, I would probably watch it, but... Um, <laughs> so so here's the thing, right? Because like, I, Splinter Cell was the franchise that made me fall with fall in love with action shooters. And... For me, like the last Splinter Cell game that I really enjoyed was Conviction. Um, And so when I read that article, what I heard was, hey, franchise fans, we're going to remake the game. And we're going back to the first Splinter Cell because we kind of screwed the pooch with the last one. We get it. It went way like not where you wanted it to be. We heard you. We're sorry. But we're going back to that old one. And that old one, actually, if people remember playing that game, had some really kind of nasty stereotype stuff in it as far as, like, Cold War and and different government, I said it, government agencies, spy agencies in particular, because that's the Tom Clancy game. So there's going to be some government and there's going to be some politics in the game, Tom Clancy. Anyway, so we're going back to that one and we're using it as our foundation and we're updating it to current times. So I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have missions that are going to be probably set more in areas that 
we currently know to be hotbeds of counterintelligence stuff. That's what I heard. Not necessarily Sarah's going to be gay. But even if she is, I don't really care because to me in the games, Sarah is Sam's motivation for doing stuff and doing things kind of sort of counter to third echelon, but also sometimes in line with them, right? So regardless of what those reflective of the newer times are, being, oh, I don't know, maybe more women actually showing up in positions of power in third echelon as opposed to the majority dude fest. Like, those are all things that I think are good. Is it probably going to be more representative of the diverse nature of folks who are actually working in counterintelligence? Probably. That's probably not bad. So I think it'll be interesting to see as... This continues to move forward and we learn more about what that new modern take is. Of course, there's going to be some people who are ultimately pissed about it. I'm still pissed that assassins went. Whoop! Like, I, mm-hmm. it just I love I loved Origins. I loved Odyssey. Don't love Valhalla because it went like completely right, left, right down to Albuquerque from what got me into the franchise and what made me fall in love with it to begin with. Games evolve. They change over time. This is, even when the games suck, a good thing because they spark other innovations and they spark other stories and other storytellers. So it's kind of hard in a bucket to just hear, hey, we're going back to Foundation, but it's a remake, so we're going to make it modern. Doesn't necessarily mean everybody's going to be bi- and um, you should just accept it. And there's probably going to be a drag queen in there who's going to be fighting as, you know, like an undercut. Like, we don't know what it is. So just relax and enjoy the ride. That's all I had to say. Yield. So, Yield. I'm intrigued by a new same, uh, Siphon Filter because I've never been able to play any of the Siphon Filter games. Siphon Ring, Filter. Or not Siphon Filter. Uh, Sam Splinter Fisher. Splinter Cell. Sorry. Um, but when you I, I, know, say, I know you want you to do Slifer Filter I know, games. I you say it every year. Um, but when you say it was in the wording of how they word it that kind of makes me go I wonder what you're meaning by saying that. Um, there will be the people that they just want, you know, when you announce you're remaking a game, they expect it to basically be like the original. Shinied up, pretty a little bit. But it, it's, I guess really it is a true remake in the sense that you're, you're retelling the story, but you're telling it in modern times. Maybe that's how they should have came out and said it. It just, it, it leaves itself open in their description for all kinds of, and maybe they're doing this to drive up uh, hits for their game. But it drives up all kinds of people arguing about what modernization of the story that they mean. But I can't speak too much on it because I've never played it. And since Roe has that, that would be the, your best source. Well, I think it's really important that we choose our words carefully, right? Because there's a different expectation when you say that we're doing a remaster or we're doing a... Mo- a, uh, uh, a remake? Uh, well... Before you even get that, like a port, right? A remaster versus an updated port versus a remake, right? 
Because remake to me says, I'm remaking this game. Which that opens the door to do all kinds of stuff. Characters shift, characters go left or right. I don't have to be canon. Woo, remake, right? Whereas a port is literally like, I'm taking this game, I'm putting it out over here. I'm putting it out on this piece of hardware because it didn't exist before, but now it does. So whoop, it's a one-to-one. And I, I think it's really important that we understand what a port versus a remake versus, you know, a remaster, what all of these things mean. But I also think that they're probably so early in the development phase that that's probably as specific as they can be right now. You know, especially when they said like, and the game's coming out, you know, in the far future. They could literally have just signed paperwork to be like, yes, we have all the approvals. Legal's good. We can do this game now. Woo! Everybody, let's start making a game. And they may not have a story yet. They may not know what the game is going to be itself. And so that's where I'm kind of like, well, if you don't know what it's going to be, why say anything at all? And it's because all of us over in the Splinter Cell camp have been looking at every you before we're going, please, Jesus, today. Please, Jesus, today. How about today? Please, Jesus. Please, Jesus. Uh, well, I know somebody that's uh, reaching out for Jesus right now, and that's a 17-year-old from the UK who's been arrested. Uh, as we talked last week about the Grand Theft Auto 6 leaks, apparently a 17-year-old has been arrested in the UK. Uh, there's been an update to the story, but let's go to the original story. This is coming from PushSquare.com. While developer Rockstar has moved to confirm that this weekend's unprecedented GTA 6 leak will not impact the game's development, you can rest assured that the relevant authorities will be hot on the case. And a recent incident with Uber, allegedly instigated by a group uh, named Lapsus, with a dollar mark, a dollar sign as in their name, suggests that the FBI and the U.S. Department of Justice may already be involved. In a statement on its own issues, Uber... I don't know why we talk about Uber, but I guess we'll get into that in a second. Uh, said, quote, we believe that this attacker or attackers is affiliated with a hacking group called Lapsus, which has been increasingly active over the last year or so. This group t- typically uses similar techniques to target technology companies and in 2022 alone has breached Microsoft, Cisco, Samsung, NVIDIA, and Okata. I'm sure that's probably a different way to say that. Uh, among others. There are also reports over the weekend that the same actor breached video game maker Rockstar Games. They are in close coordination with the FBI and the Department of Justice on this matter and continue to support their efforts. It should be noted that Uber appears to be connecting the dots here and seeing this as a criminal investigation and unlikely any firm word on the perpetrators for quite some time. Nevertheless, numerous members of Lapsus has been arrested in the UK as recently as March of this year, with one notorious 16-year-old alleged to have amassed a $14 million fortune among through the hacking. Uh, the update to the story is the City of London Police has confirmed that it's arrested a 17-year-old on suspicion of hacking. It's being reported that this is one of the same individuals behind the recent Rockstar incident. The individual is currently in police custody. Uh, first of all, I don't think this is Uber as in, like, the company that drives people around. So, maybe that's just my ignorance, but I don't know who Uber is outside of that. Oh, this is Uber.com. Uh, via the PlayStation Lifestyle.net. All right, so a six-year-old getting $14 million fortune through hacking. Uh, do his parents not know that he has $14 million somewhere? Do they care? 
I mean, real question. Like, <laughs> times is I'm hard. I'm not going like, to touch that with a 10 pole. Do you really want to ask that question of, like, where your kid got the money to buy you that car? Or are you just going to be happy to drive that car? Don't ask, don't tell. Listen, if, if, if my daughter popped up and said, hey, Dad, um, here's a, uh, a new house, I'd be like, um, where'd you get that money? But that's just me. Alex, um, so they're, apparently they're going after the hackers and they're finding them. Where's yours, sir? I mean, hacking is kind of one of those gray areas where there are people you see, like, Anonymous going after Russia for what they've been doing in Ukraine. You see uh, Anonymous kind of apparently sending out warning shots to Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, that they're going to come after her, too. So there's some hacker groups that do some, you know, they, they you know, they do some of the, uh, like, the Robin Hood, steal from the rich and give to the poor. Uh, there is some good being done by people who are hacking. Then there are also people well, well, who do very dangerous well, things when it comes to hacking. And when it comes to, like, inter- intellectual property theft and all that kind of stuff, like, governments and companies have always wanted to crack down on it. So it doesn't surprise me that they're, you know, going after people regardless of how young they are, especially when the money total is that much. You know, and if you're – you figure when someone that young, the parents would have had to have set up a bank account. And if the parents are smart, they will have, you know – their name attached to that bank account so you can monitor what how much the kid is spending you know what's going in and out like so it just doesn't seem like you unless he was just giving them money like hey i'll buy you a new car or something like that like i guess they were just blissfully ignorant like they just weren't paying attention at all because you couldn't unless he had his own checking account which i couldn't imagine a parent would set up for a a teenager you know just their own checking account that you know they would set up willy-nilly yeah, it would have to see something going on or even notice that the kid was buying expensive clothes or electronics. Because, you know, if you're a kid, you're not going to just sit on $14 million or however much it was. You're going to – you're not sitting on seven, eight figures. You're going to be spending money on new cool stuff, bleeding-edge technology, whatever, fancy clothes. So I don't know how they could have over, like not ha- overlooked all of this, but there, there seems to be, you know, unfortunately, as we learn about parents in the new, in the new day – a lot of parents out there aren't there are out there aren't doing a good job of parenting their kids. So, okay, uh, two things. One, I just looked it up. Uh, Uber apparently is the the company, the taxi service. But apparently, they have a news division as well. I did not know that. Uh, and second, let's also not forget that uh, allegedly, I have put it out there allegedly. Anonymous was behind the uh, the old PlayStation hack that knocked the network down for over a month. I'm so. sure Anonymous has done a fair share of shady shit. They've also done gone after other people who do shady shit. So it's kind of like, you know, you, you it's a uh, I don't want to say pro and con because that that just makes it sound too lighthearted. But um, but yeah, I'm I'm sure that we could all find very bad things Anonymous has done, but also you know, going after shitty people like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't. I don't mind that. Go ahead, all day, all day, every day. All right. Um, I mean, we can agree that uh, this is not a victimless crime. There, there are victims in this. Uh, Ro, I'm going to give the floor to you. Sure. Um, so you know, uh, the GTA leak was like hard because that really sucks, um, and it was a lot, a lot of data, right, and. I I think, like a lot of people, I love hacktivism when it's benefiting someone and against an evil, right? And 
there are a bunch of people who would make a case for big corporations, bad, evil. I'm one of those people. Um, but I do think that in this case, right, pursuing the folks that are going after data like this and going after big IPs like this and releasing source code, which is proprietary, right? Like, it's not that it, it was just trailers that were released or, or graphics that were released in stills, right? Because you can recover from that. But when your source code, which is your proprietary thing that you make your money off of, gets out in there into the world, like, that can be detrimental to a business. And so I think that when you're dealing with instances like these where you have proprietary data with somebody coming in from the outside who isn't supposed to be there, who isn't supposed to have access, but gets it, takes it, and then puts it out into the world, there does have to be repercussions for that. And there should be, regardless of how old you are, right? And also, we live in a technological age, so like it's very easy to hide things from people if you don't want them found. There are so many systems out there right now that you know, let you, like Venmo, Cash App, like so many different places where you can go and hide and pocket money and let's not even get into crypto, right? Like, it's possible, although I, I really don't know how because I don't know at 14 or 17 that I would be able to have any kind of thousands of dollars, let alone millions of dollars, and not make it very clear very quickly that I had money. But it is possible to hide things from parents. And we do live in an age, you know, like Alex said, where not everyone is as connected with their family units and as tapped in as we'd like them to be, right? We, and we can see that in the news with, you know, kids who are doing harm, that are self-harming, that are being bullied, and no one knows that those things are happening or uh, other things that are going on in the world, right? So I, I hope that all of the organizations are actually able to get a hold of everyone that was involved and actually hold people accountable. Because I think that's one of the things that overall we miss is that accountability and hopefully that can help to be a deterrent in the future. Because when there is no accountability, there's just victims. All right, yield. I really haven't followed the whole GTA 6 leak. I don't know what all was involved. Uh, when I first saw it popped up, I was just kind of like, okay, big deal. You know, I'm like oh. some screenshots got leaked or whatever. I, I, like I said, I'm totally, if you want, if you want to fill me in, you can. Oh, that's right. Cause you missed last week. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like over 90 videos were put out there. Um, uh, it, it's a very rough, uh, version of it, but we have an idea of what the male and female protagonists are going to be. They're kind of like copying themselves off of a body and Clyde. We basically, it was confirmed that it is going back to Vice City. Uh, this was a massive, massive leak. And we, uh, it just sucks for Rockstar because all the hard work they put in, they can't reveal their game the way they wanted to. That somebody, presumably this kid, allegedly, let's just put it out there, allegedly, that this kid went in. And leaked like 90 different videos off of... And I I don't know if this has been confirmed, but I think he hacked into their Slack. Which is a, uh, a you know, no, like 
for anybody that doesn't know what Slack is, that's basically like a, a Discord for businesses. Uh, I think that's the easiest way I can explain that. But he hacked into their Slack and was able to get all this data and leaked it online. And this was, a, like I said, I, I don't want to undersell this. This was a massive leak, like the biggest leak of any video game ever. Well, and he also got some source code as well. Yes, he did. So I'm source code. I'm not cool with. I mean, not that it's really cool to hack anything, but I, I saw some articles pop up that oh, this is a major blow for Rockstar, or and I'm like, everybody knows they're working on another Grand Theft Auto, and there has been rumors that they it was going back to Vice City. So I guess to me, staying in the dark about this, I could care less. But. I mean, but getting the source code out there, he should be prosecuted because, like Rose said, that's what they make their money on. Someone could take that and hijack it, so to speak. So that's bad. But the videos and stuff, yeah, it does ruin it. But if you got a good marketing person, you can spin it in your favor. Well, I correct me if I'm wrong, and because I haven't, I I followed this, but I didn't really follow it. He didn't release the source code. He kept that for himself and decided to hold that for ransom. Right? Mm -hmm. He told Rockstar, "If you want this back, you have to pay me a certain amount of money." Yep. Which I don't even know what that was. Ransomware, and so, it was a nice big number. Yeah, I, I. So he hasn't released the source code. He just released the videos, but he said that if you want the source code back, you know, uh, you know, you have to pay me or he whatever would it was. It. He would release it. Um, I, I wish I could get uh, Jeff on the phone because the last time I, I remember doing an article and it just happened to be on the week that we had Jeff on the show. We were talking about the source code. I I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I believe he, he basically made the remark that having the source code is a big deal. But there's really nothing you can do with it unless you had other parts. And I, I, I really don't want to misquote him. And I don't remember what episode, so I couldn't even go back to reference it. But having the source code obviously is, a, is you know, a huge thing. But there's not really what the hacker could do with it other than just say, hey, this is the source code, put it out there. And then other people, you know, as the internet does put shit together and could really demolish all this hard work that Rockstar's put into this. Uh, Felicia in the chat says, the videos cost Rockstar money too, and so would a marketing department to spin it, which they should not have to do as they are victims of a crime. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, this sucks. It, re it really does suck. I'm like, I'm not an overly big GTA fan, but I am a fan of you're putting a lot of hard work into shit. You know, I, 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 it's also good to see the community come out. I mean, Neil Druckmann put out a tweet says it sucks when this happens, you know, but it, you know, after a while you get, you, you just put your head down and you keep working and it, it doesn't bother you as much anymore because you're still putting out the product you want. It just sucks that somebody ruined it for you. So it hurts initially, but over time, you know, the pain will go well, I away. I mean, it, oh, God, you 
I don't have anything. Uh, I thought I thought you were gonna speak up. Um, Rockstar has commented on this since, and they have said that nothing is changing about their development, and they're gonna keep on as they would. And another good thing you could assume that they like the game's gonna sell like crazy. So I don't think there's I, oh absolutely the sor- like I'm not trying to downplay the the fact that the, someone got to their source code, but they're they're not changing up their, their development schedule, and the game's gonna sell really well. So I, in the end, they'll be fine. But as someone who works with really expensive IP, people being able to hack into it and get it and get at it is an extremely big concern. So, yeah, if you're going to mess around with hacking, you deserve whatever comes to you legally. So, so yeah, I get it. But the good thing that has come out is that you know they have said Rockstar said that the development is not going to be affected in any way. So that is something good we can take out of this situation. All right, let's move on. Just in the interest of time. <clears throat> to our last story before we go into uh, our topic of the week. Uh, this article is coming from IGN, but I'm not going to read the article. I'm just going to read the tweet and the headline. Uh, this article was written by George Yang, and he, uh, the uh, name of the article is EA CEO thinks that Call of Duty going to Xbox exclusive could benefit Battlefield. Now, uh, I'm going to say, uh, just you know, be transparent here, I don't know if we said this on the show yet, but Ro, you actually work for Xbox, so if you um, well, you don't work for make Microsoft. a comment. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna say, don't say or do something that could endanger Hell yourself. Hell no. <laughs> um, but uh, there was a quote by Andrew Wilson, um, and I'm gonna read the entire quote. He says, "I don't think we delivered in the last two iterations of that in the way that we should have." There's a lot of work we got to do there, but at its very, uh, at its very core, it's extraordinary. It's it's an extraordinary IP, and what we've seen in the world of entertainment is that a great IP is resilient, and we've seen movies, you know, not live up to the expectations of franchises. Star Star Wars might be one fran- such franchise, and then you can see what happens when you get the right creative team involved, how they can completely reinvent and grow a franchise. And I think we have an extraordinary creative team involved in Battlefield now. We have unbelievable ambitions to own the first-person shooter space, particularly as it feels to creation. And in a world where there are questions as to the future of Call of Duty and what platforms that might be on and what might not be on, being platform agnostic and completely cross-platform with Battlefield, I think, is a tremendous opportunity. Uh... Now, what I get out of that is saying that, hey, if Call of Duty does go Microsoft exclusive, this could help Battlefield because we're still going to be cross-platform and cross-play and all this other stuff. And we have the potential to sell more copies of our game now that PlayStation people cannot buy Call of Duty anymore. That's what I'm taking out of that statement. Um, Ro, I don't know if you want me to go to you or do you actually want to comment on this. I understand if you don't. Uh so, so here's what I'll say, right? I, I'm speaking specifically and only as a consumer and a fan of games. I hate exclusivity, right? Because from a marketing perspective, like you want to be able to deliver everywhere so that you have more people available to buy your product, right? why you want to localize stuff and have it in as many languages as possible so people understand what your thing is so they can get it. At the same time, you also want the thing that makes you a differentiator, right? So in marketing, as just a general marketer, 
if you have things and everything is an apples to apples comparison, then how do I give you a reason to want my apple versus the person next to me's apple versus the person next to them's apple, right? Um, I think that Battlefield, the last one, sucked. I played it for 20 minutes and was like, nope, and I was out. So any anything that happens to make it better, I'm all for. Uh, 2042, was that last Battlefield's last game? I think it was 2042. Uh, 2042. Uh Felicia says, LOL, they will still need a better, more complete game than 2042. Uh, now, Alex and Neil, I know you guys don't play first-person shooters. I don't think you've ever played Battlefield, at least in its recent iterations. Yield, uh, I'll go to you first. Do you think Battlefield now will stand a chance in the first-person player, first person shooter market if Call of Duty does go Microsoft exclusive? I mean... Just make a better game, and you don't have to worry about Call of Duty. All right, Alex. EA's like, I mean, I mean, because because he's admitted oh. that it doesn't sound like that that you know their last game or last couple last couple of games weren't the greatest, and that he's got a great creative team, and that you know yada yada blah blah blah. If you make a good game, you don't have to worry about if Call of Duty is an exclusive or not. You know, it, it, I kind of read into it as he's trying to pre position himself and do a, Hey, look, if our, if Call of Duty goes exclusive and PlayStation people can't play it, well, Hey, we're going to work on a really good game and we'll be cross platform and you guys can still play together. It, I, Maybe I read too much into it, but I just if you make a good game, you don't have to worry about the competition. All right, Alex. Uh, so it's nice to know that EA has been waiting this long to make another good Battlefield game, you know, until potentially the uh, the biggest competition is exclusive to one gaming console. No, I mean, if, if Microsoft were to take Call of Duty off of the PlayStation, it doesn't automatically mean that EA is going to make a better Battlefield game. And let's be fair, Battlefield has been around longer than Call of Duty, and Call of Duty is now still the preferred, um, like, kind of like wartime shooter, combat shooter. It it overtook Battlefield because there's been a lot of stumbling blocks in EA's development process of numerous games. It, basically, the quality hasn't been there, and Call of Duty's just been a better franchise, a more reliable franchise. So, you know, EA's like, hey... PlayStation, don't worry. You still got Battlefield. And then Jim Ryan's over here like, oh my god, we cannot lose Call of Duty. Oh shit. No, 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 no. Um, so, yeah. I, EA saying that, like, sure, you may sell... In that situation, you may sell more games on PlayStation because people don't necessarily have that military shooter if Call of Duty were to leave, but that doesn't inherently make your game better quality. So, so yeah. Make Make do something more with Battlefield. Do a better job with Battlefield, and uh, and maybe you'll shine a little brighter. But th- this is not going to allay Sony's fears about potentially losing Call of Duty in like six, seven years. They're still going to be worried, regardless of what EA wants to throw out there, because people really don't have the greatest opinion of EA right now. And my opinion of them is potentially going to be very positive or negative going forward, depending on how Dead Space is in uh, in January. All right, and just because I like to poke the bear, 
Ro, feel free to not answer this question. Do you do you honestly think Call of Duty is going to be a Xbox exclusive? I'm not answering that question. Understood. Why do you, why do you ask questions you know she can't answer? Yes. I just I just wanted to poke the bear a little bit. Yes. Why, you don't even have to ask the question. Everybody knows the answer. Yes. All right. It well, would be we a do smart move. Okay, well, we do have another question, and it is coming from the community. Time to check my social media, All right, Matt G wants to know, what is your favorite free-to-play game that is not Rocket League? Alex, we'll go to you first. Pokemon Go. Yield? I guess World of Warships. Legends. Bro. Warframe. Um, you don't have one. N- no, because my favorite game is not free to play. Um, we know the only free to play and the only and the only free to play game you play is Rocket League. Uh, no, I uh, I'm gonna say Clash Royale. No, oh, you do play that one. I do play Clash Royale, and oh, I play Clash okay. of Clans too, but I I prefer Royale over Clans. All right. Uh, with that being said, we are going to throw it across the pond uh, to our main man, Sid. Hello again, my friends. It's that time of the week again where I sit and talk to myself and try and make it sound coherent. So, welcome to Sophie's Trophies. This week, guys, we have Flat Kingdom Papers Cut Edition. It is a rat plat. Um, but this is an interesting game. Um, there are some good ideas in it, guys. Uh, the basic story is you live in a flat world. Think Paper Mario type thing. There is a bad guy who has kidnapped the princess. Think Mario type thing. Um, and he's making the world 3D. Think any other Mario. Um, the game doesn't play anything like Mario, but I just thought I'd point out those similarities. So, the idea is, guys, you play a little thing called flat. And by pressing the square, triangle, or circle button, you can turn into a square, a triangle, or a circle. Now, the square, he's good for pushing blocks, and he's heavy, so he sinks in water. Triangle can run really, 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 really fast. And circle can bounce or jump. Um, They're the buttons, and you have a jump button, which is X. Um, Pretty simple premise. uh, Pretty simple gameplay, but it's quite interesting the way they put it together. Um, To get the Platinum, it doesn't take too long. You only have to go to the third level, I think, but the levels are quite big. Um, And the bosses are pretty well done as well. So, we have, as always, guys, the Platinum. Platinum Shape. Then we have Fear My Sharpness, which is Beat a Circle Enemy. So, I need to tell you guys, uh, enemies have different shapes. um, And it will be shown next to them what shape they generally are. So, a rat is a triangle, a spider is a circle. That kind of thing. Why does it have to be spiders? So, um, a circle is beaten when you're a triangle. Why does it have to be spiders? A triangle is beaten when you're a square. And a square is beaten when you're a circle, I think. 
something like that. I'm sure it's that way around. But anyway, that's the general gist of it. So, fear my sharpness, beat a circle enemy. Flat smash, beat a triangle enemy. Don't be square, beat a square enemy. Okay. Then we have shaping up. Use your three forms to fight. So just use each form, kill an enemy with each form and you will get that. Rookie hero. Finish your first side quest. Uh, the first side quest in the game is to go and get a key. So you go and get a key and bring it back. Too bad. Get one game over. A long way to go. Activate the first checkpoint guard. Simple. Just walk past them. Uh, salad to go. Defeat Plantosaurus. So this is your first boss, guys. It's a good little boss. Um, he's in the middle of the stage, waving ar around. Um, and you can jump on him. He's got like a circle. Um, and you can stick to that circle. So you need to jump on him, stick to it. And then change to a square so you bring him down. Because the square is heavy. Then change to a circle and he will fly off to the other side and bump his head or whatever it is. And then he will open up his plant base in the middle. There is a triangle on it. So what you need to do is jump over it, turn yourself into a square, and you will hit the triangle. And do that three times, and he goes bye-bye. Shapeshifter. Change your shape ten times. Very simple. Eight-legged freaks. Defeat Arachne. Now he's a giant spider, and... I'm out. You will have to dodge his front legs as you Same. climb platforms up to the top of the level. Once you reach the top of the level, there is a uh, big block that you need to jump up, press square above, and you'll force the block down into his face. Um, and then you need to dodge some enemies while the block resets itself. Again, do that three times and you will defeat the spider. Complicated foes. Defeat an enemy with two or more shapes. So this is in the second stage when you get there. Um, it's very simple to do. You, it's, I think it's a crab, guys. I'm not sure. But I think it's a, a circle. So you hit it with triangle. And then it's a square. So you hit it with circle. After that. Something like that. I must say, you don't actually hit things. You can just walk into them as long as you're the opposite shape to them. And then we have learning the ropes. Get your first special ability. So there you have it. That is Flat Kingdom Papers Cut Edition. And I really like this one. I think it's a good little game. Well made. Um, it looks nice. Uh, inoffensive. Easy to run through. And there you go. That is it. That's it from me this week. And I will talk to you next week. Keep getting those trophies, guys. Bye. Sadly, I own this game, but I'm never going to play it now. Why? It sounds just delightful. Yeah, not going to happen. Don't be a sissy. Yeah, you know what? I don't care what you have to say. Yes, it ain't do. happening. Listen, I'm with you on the spider thing. Like, nope. That's why I'll never touch grounded. They, they, uh, Alex and Yield just do not understand. They're like, oh, it's just a digital spider. Does not matter. Nope. It's big ol' nope. Just hold on. Nope. Does not matter. Oh, you're being a big baby. Nope. No, 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 no. 
I don't believe I've ever called you a big baby for it. I just point... You have, you have, and I have text proof of it. I just like to point out that you recognize that this spider cannot hurt you. Like, I have a fear of snakes, but if I see a digital snake, you know, I beat the Fantaconda in Resident Evil 6, and just in, in in my mindset, people look at things differently, and I think that if you can discern that this thing is no threat to you, like Tricky doesn't look like looking at pictures of spiders, you can discern this thing is not a threat to you, you can kind of back down the fear a little bit and say, okay, reasonably, I shouldn't be afraid of this thing because it's just a picture. It can't hurt me. It can emotionally damage you. And I've explained to you many times, it's not the... um, It's not the I last in fear. It's the emotional shock of seeing something like that and basically like having a mini heart attack. How did you ever get through Uncharted 3? I basically closed my eyes and just uh, jumped. And uh, apparently Chaos agrees with us because he said, she, when I saw that spider in Grounded, that was a big hell nope. Let, 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 let me just put it this way. Uh, what, what's the name of the game right now? Oh, what's, why did I just Limbo? the name? Limbo. Thank you. I walked across. That spider leg came out to the right side of that screen, killed me. I was like, I'm done with this game. I'm not even going to attempt. And that was a black silhouette of a spider leg. And I was like, oh, hell no. I'm out. All right. Now that we've uh, explored our arachnophobia. Yep. Trauma uh, is real. We're going to... We're going to move on um, to our topic of the week. And it's coming from IGN.com and is written by Adam Bankhurst. Uh, The article's title is U.S. Homeland Security will spend $700,000 to investigate, quote, radicalization, end quote, through video games. Uh, the D- U.S. Department of Homeland Security has awarded nearly a $700,000 grant to terrorism and security researchers to investigate video games. As reported by Vice, the funds are headed to Middlebury Institute's Center on Terrorism, Extremism, and Counterterrorism. The nonprofit organization Take This and a company looking to curb toxic online behavior called uh, Logically. Quote, Over the past decade, video games have increasingly become the focal point of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults. Relationships made and forces within games ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities. Correspondingly, extremists have used video games and targeted video game communities for activities ranging from propaganda creation to terrorist mobilization and training. End quote. One of the goals of this new project is to develop a set of, uh, quote, a set of best practices and centralized resources for monitor and evaluation of extreme activities, as well as a series of training workshops for the monitor, monitoring, monitor, why can't I speak? You know what I'm trying to say. Detection and prevention of extremist uh, in-game and spaces for community managers, multiplayer designers, lore developers, mechanic desire, designers, and trust and safety professionals, end quote. 
The announcement notes that the video game studios of all sizes, in many cases, are not fully educated on how these extremists may try to exploit their games in an effort to radicalize the players. White nationalists have unfortunately found a foot in this space, as there have been groups been groups on Steam who were openly espousing neo-Nazi beliefs and worship worshiping school shooters in the past. Steam has attempted to remove these groups, but the people behind them want this grant wanted to go further. Take this Dr. Rachel Cowart and CTEC's Alex Newhouse shared some of their early findings at this year's Game Developers Conference and it confirms that the initial focus will, quote, lean towards white nationalism and white supremacy, end quote. Hopefully their efforts will make some lasting change in this industry and beyond. This effort comes in a time following the racially motivated mass shooting in Buffalo, New York that was broadcasted on Twitch and saw 10 people killed and three more injured. Uh, I didn't realize the article was that short, so I'm going to just tell you to go give that a click. Again, that's coming from IGN and is written by Adam Bankhurst. Yield, I'm going to start with you, sir. Uh, What's your overall opinion on this? Pass. Passes is you don't want to make comments or pass it and you don't want to, uh, you don't think this should be happening? Uh, both. Passes, oh. I'm not talking about it. Okay, Alex, we'll go to you. All right, so I was trying to listen. Sum it up for me again so I don't go off on a tangent and then. <laughs> Basically, they're spending $700,000 to look into uh, video games that could promote white. Uh, White supremacy and basically terrorism. I don't have a problem with that. Whatever funds you think you need to allocate to get that shit out of here as best you can, you're never going to get rid of it. I mean, my God, we're in 2022 and it feels it still feels like some of the, something we see like the supermarket in Buffalo. You're like, man, how, how does all this happen in 2022? Well, it's fucking always around. We're, unfortunately, I don't know that we're ever going to get rid of it. But yeah, like. I, any media that promotes that white nationalism and, and, and shit like that, get it out. Seek that out and fucking destroy it. However you need to. It doesn't need to be a part of our society. It's fucking hateful. It's awful. Get the fuck out of here with that. Ro. So. Again, don't get yourself in trouble. Oh, I won't get myself in trouble. Um, I like getting paid. So, the important thing is... Any place that you allow people to congregate, especially in a somewhat or pseudo-anonymous way, is going to be a place where great conversation and connection fosters and not great connection and conversation fosters. And I think that as we have seen with a lot of things over the last two years with groups organizing in discords and on online forums and in lobbies of video games that the pervasiveness of closed door meetings that used to happen in person have now permeated on the internet into this space that's supposed to be a break, at least to me, from reality and fun and have come in, which means that we need to look at it and treat it the same as the things that we look at to search for terrorist activities to be aware of and to try as much as we can to prevent bad things from happening before they happen. 
personally, I think that $700,000 is way too little to start if you really want to make any kind of impact. But it is at least a start. I think that it is great to know that there are at least organizations that are actually working with reputable organizations. I love Take This. I love the work that Take This is doing. I know Dr. Rachel Cowart personally. I'm a Take This ambassador. There are so many resources and so many studies and a lot of research that the org has done on mental health as it relates to games where they can actually be a viable resource to identify different behaviors, look for different talk, look at you know different games where things are known to proliferate. So I think at the end of the day, doing the research, doing studies, and at least understanding that this is happening in this space and wanting to look at it to try to do something at the end of the day is a good thing. I can't put it any better. That's exactly yeah, how was, I feel. She was uh, far more eloquent than I was. Um, but I, I, I agreed... <laughs> I, I, same thing. I can't even same thing. I said the same thing. I, I can't even add to it. Like you, you said it perfectly. Uh, the only thing that I will say about this is, God, I don't want to say this because it's going to come out like a s- extreme hot take. Go ahead, do it. You're gonna have the people that are gonna say. This is censoring. You're going to have the people that are going to say that. I don't think you're going to have people that say it's censorship because you're not going to be told, like, let's be real. No one's being told that they can't say stuff, but you are going to have people say that this is an invasion of my privacy. Well, I I was. Yes, but I was also going to go down the lines of how we. How. I mentioned earlier that video games are art and you can't really tell an artist how they should express themselves. Now, let me be clear. I am 100% against terrorism. I'm 100% against racism. I'm 100% against, you know, any kind of bullying or anything like that. But on the same token, there are going to people that say, like, this is how I feel. You're stifling my creativity. You're censoring me. And I think that's going to be the pushback. And again, let me be clear. I don't give a fuck about that. Because if you turn around and say that you want to make a white nationalism video game. At that point, I don't give a fuck about how you feel. And you feel like you're being censored. You should not be making shit like that. You- so... I could, I could, I could care less how you feel about your your quote unquote rights being infringed. Right. So, like, here's what I would say to that, right? Because I'm a with you. I, I mean, you know, fuck a terrorist, right? But I would say, if you want to make a white supremacist game, you can. Absolutely, it's your right. Like, if that's the art you want to put out into the world, you can. However, you can't expect for your game to be marketed to be easily acceptable because different marketplaces have their standards 
that you, if you want your game or your thing to be into, to make that happen. I don't think that this is necessarily looking at the games themselves, but looking at the things within games like the lobbies, like chat, like party chat, like companion apps, where people are gathering and having conversations that are outside of the game that itself is happening, right? Or looking at spaces like a Discord, as an example, where there's all kinds of Discords out there and there's all kinds of woo out there going on in, in Discord, right? Being able to identify what are the hallmarks that we should look at in these game spaces where people can congregate and have voice chat, word chat with each other and have these conversations and start bouncing back and forth and creating plans and those kinds of things. I think it's looking at that more so and not necessarily at a postal or a game itself that is pushing those things, right? Because people are making those kinds of games and those kinds of stories and, and making the, the cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo nut stuff, but Game stores aren't putting them up, so they're having to self-distribute. And so, therefore, they're not necessarily reaching mass market. Those are still to be worried about, for sure. But that's, I would think, more on the fringe than the folks who are creating a private lobby in a shooting game who are glorifying school shooters in that private lobby, talking about it, and then talking about what they would do or take it. I think it's more so looking at that than making a school shooter game, which is also fucked up and wrong. All right. Uh, Yield, I'm just going to go to you to see if you uh, want to make any comments. I I don't think you do, but I'd just go with you to see if you want to make any comments. No. Okay. Fair. Fair. I just don't want to censor you. That's all. Alex, do you have any further comments before we close out the show? You know, I... I like... I, I know you hate that I play devil's advocate on that. I know well, you Well, I mean, quite frankly, I I will say that if there's anyone who's going to look at this and make content based on this stuff, wants to cry about it and say, oh, you know, you, um, we can't, we can't stop these ideas. This stuff is, unfortunately, I think, ingrained in our society and not just um, our society as the United States of America, but just all around the world. And there's just some ideas you can never extinguish. Um, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't do as much as we can to limit them. And, you know, like Rose said, there are certain games that you're never going to see on Sony's PlayStation Store. You're never going to see Nintendo marketing and stuff. You're never going to see Microsoft be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll help you publish this game. No. Um, but I still think you should try to crush these ideas as best you can. And quite frankly, if you're going to sit here and say, well, you're you're inhibiting my ability to sell this game or you're inhibiting my ability to make this game or perform my art. If you espouse these ideas, I don't give a shit. You don't like it, move to a fucking distant planet where you can get this shit done. If you're going to make a game around white nationalism, which, by the way, when people go to white nationalist rallies and then their pictures are posted online, they get fired from work. Because people and companies don't want to deal with this shit. So if you're one of these people who's like, wah, wah, I can't put out my white nationalist ideas, fuck you. Fuck you. Go somewhere else because we don't want it here. That's all I got to say. I'm, I am not like... Yeah, Honestly, like I, um, yeah, Roe is far, far more elegant about this than Tricky and I, but I'm just tired of seeing this shit on the TV. I'm tired of hearing people basically think that these ideas are okay. I'm tired of it, and I'm sure that Roe is too. Um, I'm sure we all are. Uh, I'm just, I'm less eloquent 
about telling people to fuck off than, than she is. I have to be so that I don't come off as an angry black woman. I, I will amplify that. If you if you want to, you know, if you want to throw out some, some F-bombs there, I will amplify it for you. I don't care because people deserve to be angry about this kind of shit. They deserve to be angry and you shouldn't feel like that kind of censorship where you have to, and I'm not saying you're, you're hiding how you truly feel, but the fact that you feel like, or anybody would feel like, I have to kind of tamp down how I feel and watch my words is bullshit. Because it's something we should all be angry about and we should all get behind this swell of take your white nationalism and shove it up your ass because I don't want it here. Mm-hmm. Move somewhere else. I don't want it in the streets of America. I don't want it anywhere in America. Go fuck yourself. That's the way it I think I think we, uh, we can end the show on that note. So at this time, we're going to move to our shout outs. Uh, Yield, we'll start with you. Uh, shout out to Roe for coming on. Shout out to Alex and Tricky for recording tonight. Shout out to uh, Nitro for some Zombie Army. Well, Nitro and the Brain 76 for some Zombie Army 4. Uh, shout out to everybody who was hanging out in the Twitch chat. That's it. Alex, your shout outs? Well, I uh, want to give a shout out, of course, to the community, the listeners, the fuel to the fire of the Trevi Horrors, which without them, this show does not exist. And, you know, a, a lot of uh, the positivity we've had around our recent episodes have been having members of the community on, you know, not just people who are experts in the field and who work in, you know, video game journalism or video games itself, but also, you know, just our community. People love that stuff and they love hearing their opinions and their expertise and their take on things. So uh, we love our community. Thank you all very much for everything you do for us, because as much as, you know, we like to think that we give to you all. We, we wanted you to know that you give to us as well. So that is amazing. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, give a shout out to Tricky and to Yield as well as Roe, who again uh, brings a very, um, just a, a, a plethora of expertise on uh, the video game industry and um, just your very level-headed take when Tricky and I are, are about ready to just scream into a microphone about how much we hate this or how much we hate that. Um, your more level-headed take, I think, is, is, is an approach that we need more of in the world. Like, don't get me wrong. Let's be angry about shit. And let's let everyone know we're angry about shit. But the ability to kind of sit down and talk about it more calmly is, is kind of a superpower at this point. So I definitely have a, a lot of respect for uh, your take on things, which is kind of saying the same things that we are just in a... Um, a far more civil manner. So, uh, thank you for coming on. And, uh, last but not least, I'm gonna give a shout out to my awesome and loving girlfriend, Ashley, uh, who helped me, uh, we're, we're getting, we're slowly but surely getting all the Halloween decorations up. So it's going to be a fun season and, uh, very much looking forward to, to the spooky season coming up and, uh, watching some, some horror, you know, television shows, some thrillers, some horror movies. So it's, it's going to be a good time. Um, you brought up de- uh, decorations, so I'm just going to say this before I let Ro do her shout-outs. Uh, this is my personal opinion, and I don't want anybody else to feel this way. But uh, if you're putting up your Christmas decorations already, go fuck yourself. Let, let the Halloween and Thanksgiving happen before you put up Christmas decorations. Uh, and you know who I'm talking The person who I'm talking about knows who they are. I'm not going to name them. Yeah, wait, haven't you, haven't you shamed that person already? Like, haven't you tried to throw shade at that person in the last few episodes in some form or fashion? No. This is a recent development that I, uh, I was told that they uh, forced their significant other up in the attic uh, to go bring down their Christmas decorations and have already put up their Christmas tree. Tricky, are you going to... 
Hey, some people really like Christmas. Trick, are you going to be that old man who's like going into at home or like some other store and scream or Home Depot and screaming at them when they have the uh, Christmas decorations out um, in, in like July no, or no, August? No, I have, no, no, I have no problem with people buying Christmas decorations. Do your thing. Buy, buy your decorations. But Christmas decorations do not go up. Until Black Friday. But if it's, like, inside their home and you don't have to see it, like, what's what's wrong with that? What's the problem there? I, I'm I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to further uh, dig my hole because I'm digging a hole right now. Row your shadow. He's got a hot take. He, re- he recognizes he's digging himself into a hole and he probably shouldn't. <laughs> oh, I know I'm digging myself a hole. That's why I clearly said this is not a reflection on anybody else on this show uh, because... Oh, oh, and just to be clear, the person you think that I'm talking about is not the person I'm talking about. So, Alex, I'm not talking about... You know who. Uh, he who shall not be named. I, I, You know what? I'll tell you this. The, 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 the Last of Us hater is not who I'm talking about. We'll go. We'll leave. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, I thought he was doing that to <laughs> signify. Ro, uh, third time, your shout-outs, dear. Uh, so first and foremost, shout-out to the community. Like, just, I love gamers, and I love people who enjoy games. So thank you so much for joining all of us for this podcast. Uh, thank you guys for always inviting me to be on the show. I love, love, love talking about games and with you guys and getting your opinions and and hearing your thoughts because I think it's really interesting to actually hear directly from folks what they feel and how they think about things as opposed to inferring. So um, thank you for letting me come and crash your space and take up space and have a good time. Um, Thank you. uh, Thank you. uh, Thank you. And anytime you want to have me back, just holler because I can talk about games all the live long day. Holler. You can come on every single week. I don't care. Every single week. Because then hopefully maybe we'll pull you away from the evil empire that's Microsoft and show you the, the real so light side. You're so cute. Oh, my God. I love PlayStation. you. Oh, my God. I love you so much. See, this was your perfect opportunity, Tricky, to tell her that she does not know the power of the dark side, but you blew it. <laughs> no, she knows the power of the dark side. That's why she's on the dark side. Tricky's the tricky. We have cookies. <laughs> we do have cookies. They're really yummy. Yeah, but the pro- problem with your cookies? There's no problem with my cookies. Is, trust. Is that none of them are exclusive? Mm, I, mm, I have cookies. I'm good. Thank you. Tricky, tricky mm-hmm. is one of the, the people that's still touting the fanboy wars. He's still... Definitely uh, fly in the PlayStation Listen. flag. and I bet Tricky goes, like, how he spends his evenings. Like, he'll go on to message boards and start a, a flame war and start telling everybody how um, PlayStation is best, uh, Xbox sucks, Rafflecopter, or, you know, all the, <laughs> the, uh, the dumb things he's writing there on message boards. Tricky, did you ever go on message boards and defend? I guess it would be done over Twitter now, but did you ever go to message boards and defend Sony? Uh, try to, you know, put on your armor, get on your horse, and, and go to joust for Sony? No, because I, I make it a point not to argue with idiots. You're right. We just drag you down to our level and beat you with experience. Uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody uh, in the Twitch chat. Uh, Felicia, Black Chaos, uh, Nitro, um, anybody else that popped in. I always 
I, you know, I always say to myself, I'm going to write down the names of the people in the chat so I can get, make sure I nail And I always forget to do that. Uh, shout out to Sweet Mama D, who makes me feel old. And we are. Hey, just remember one thing, Yield. What's no matter that? how no matter how old I get, yeah, you will always be older. That's all right. I'm also wiser. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, hey, you opened the door. I just walked through Shit. it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, Miss Twenty Year Old. What are you okay. talking about? I'm older than you. <laughs> no, no, you're, and, you're barely and, like and definitely wiser. Definitely heart. wiser than Tricky. <laughs> Uh, I want to give a special shout out to Ro, who uh, keeps me centered, um, deals with my ignorance, and um, I've had conversations with Ro on a couple different topics where I was able to ask questions that I should not have been able to ask, and she did not take offense to it. She did not, you know, hold it against me, and she, you know, told me straight out, like, this is where you're wrong, this is where you're right, and no, we're not just talking about video games, because I will never agree that Xbox is better. Um, I never but, said that. I know you never <laughs> said that. Um, but I want to give a special shout out to Ro because I've known Ro for many years. She's always been uh, there for me whenever I needed her to talk to her. We had a conversation just recently um, when I felt like one of the people in our community uh, was saying the wrong thing. So instead of arguing with that person, I went straight to the source and said, hey, What's the reality of this situation? And I think we talked like 45 mm -hmm. minutes over something simple. <laughs> but, like, I got a better understanding. And it turns out I was right. Just putting it out there. Um, but, yes, special shout-out to Ro. Uh, thank you, everybody, who has sent me birthday messages already. Um, I appreciate that. Um, by the show, time the show comes out, my birthday would have come and passed. So thank you very much for anybody that has sent me a message in the future. Uh, and if there's nothing else until next week, happy trophy hunting. Later. See ya. Bye. PlayStation's better. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. 